friends, you're listening to Flamethrowers Podcast with Casey and Rhonda. Our desire is to equip and encourage you to live a life fully engulfed in the love of Jesus. We hope that by listening to our podcast, the spark set in your heart by Him will be kindled to a flame that sets the world on fire for Jesus. Happy Wednesday, guys. Uh, we're back at it. Yeah, here we are. I know. <laughs> Ron just sounded so sad, like out the gate. I am, my brain is split into 8 million different sections oh. right now, and that's okay. I will try and focus on what we're doing Get here. it together. No, I'm the world's worst, but oh, no. it is what it is. Okay. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> there you go. I just made a face at the microphone. You can't <laughs> see it. that, though. Okay, guys. Well, we just came out uh, of last week talking about creation mm-hmm. and all the all the things like that actually might be the best use of my phrase all the things yes yeah. all the things in seven days mm-hmm. and how awesome that is yep um, but now we're in Genesis chapter 2 verses like 4 through 24 mm-hmm. um, and I kind of like this part where it's like the story's laid out all the things have been created here's where we are and then it's like, but hold up, I want to tell you a little bit more about, like, day six, and let's talk about Adam and Eve. And so, that's where this chapter puts us. Yep. Um, and, Rhonda, where do you want to start with it? I think, like, maybe given just a quick backstory on Genesis 1. Okay, mm-hmm. so obviously in Genesis 1, what we saw were... Uh, how God created all the things, like like mm-hmm. Casey just said. Um, but I think sometimes when we read that, we read a, we read it with a little bit of a traditional perspective. And we talked about that, you know, um, what God is referencing when he says, let us make mankind in our image. Mm-hmm. Um, and how maybe what we have traditionally thought is maybe not exactly the right thing. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to that. Um, but this week we're talking about how when um, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it talks about God resting. But then, starting in verse 4, it sort of backtracks, right? Mm-hmm. And you said yeah. it starts with day 6, yeah. whenever um, no bush, verse 5 says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Verse 6, And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living creature so obviously this is referencing when God created man mm-hmm. let me ask you a question Casey oh dear oh already we're going there Uh-oh. already <laughs> right out the yeah out the gate okay did God create only one man on that day <sighs> I don't know. And I don't think we're supposed to know. Um, I mean, my gut reaction is probably not. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the story of the lineage Mm -hmm. that gets us to Jesus. Right. And it kind of begins in chapter two. Yeah. Not chapter one. Right. But chapter two. Yeah. It starts talking about two specific people that were created. Yeah. And the reason why I say there was probably others, it's because like, it gets real iffy as we move on further, like mm-hmm. Cain and Abel. Right. Spouses, Where their wives come from. Like, yeah. 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 So, 
I just want to say for my mind's sake, mm-hmm. probably so, but here's the story of like the first or the most or the lineage of G- Jesus. Right. And so, right. so and, and I, I think it could stand to be debated that this person that was created in chapter two, which took place on that sixth day, mm-hmm. maybe was the first. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he was the, the first, only. the first or the only yeah. that was created. It just means that on, like it says on verse, uh, in verse seven of chapter two, then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust. Yeah. Now, just to go back for a second, <clears throat> I, it's so funny how you read things. I know I talked about this last time and I'm probably going to say it every episode you go back and you read and you see the things you missed and it's just so cool. Yeah. But it talks about the mist um, <clears throat> that would come up from the earth and water all the ground. Mm. And so that means that like rain didn't exist. Right. And then when you think about it later, like rain's such a gift. Mm. Not that mm-hmm. we always view it that way. I mean, right here today <laughs> we have rain, snow, sleet, the whole work. Yeah. And it's in April, guys. This makes no sense. But yeah. yeah. But just how... Like, I just assumed rain was always there. Mm, yeah. And then it's like, hold up. No, it wasn't. Right. So. Right. How cool. Sorry, yeah. I sidetracked. No, that's totally okay. <laughs> um, and then when it's talking about something that we had pulled out in verse um, verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, At the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, we see a reference to the Lord that is not, this is the first time that it's used. Right. And um, Lord meaning this um, more of a, like a proper name type mm. thing um, in a sense. And we kind of looked into that. Casey dug a little deeper. Mm. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, yeah. So when I, when I did some digging on this, um, it came back to um, Lord this Lord meaning Yahweh, mm-hmm. um, and then Yahweh meaning like the dispenser of bread, mm-hmm. a provider. Yeah, he was the one who gave them what they, what needed, they needed to live. Yeah, yeah, and then too, I think that's like excellent foreshadowing mm. of what we know comes later. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I was like, I love that. I know, and yeah. and if what's funny is when you go back and you read these, when you read this with a different like a different view, like okay, mm-hmm. what can I understand? What can I like better get? Um, a grasp of from mm. Genesis, a lot of times you'll see that reflection in New Testament things. And you're like, how in the world have I not ever known <laughs> I know. this before? I know. It's so beautiful. Um, but yeah, Yahweh is the name that God is referenced as. And what's funny is in the Jewish tradition, they take out the A and the E. And a lot of people know this already, but for those of you who don't know, it's because that name was so holy and so reverent. They felt like it was sacrilegious to even write the name down. And so it was sort of this un- unuttered name. It was mm. just something that people knew. And when they would write it, they would put Y-H-W-H because they felt like it was too high and mighty to even be written on the human pen paper kind hmm. of thing, which is really this. That's just not how we view not it now. Y H W H in Hebrew because they don't write in English, but <laughs> you understand that it was a yeah. different, um, a different script that they that they would write instead of actually entering the vowels. So super interesting how we just say, "Oh my lord," mm-hmm. oh you know that kind of stuff, and it's not a big deal for us to say that, but mm-hmm. for them. That that term Lord Yahweh, which was translated as Yahweh, is, was this like insanely holy thing, and 
we take it for granted. Is that why, I'm just asking, Yep. Um, you sometimes see God spelled without the O? Yeah, and I think that that happens a lot more in different traditions, mm. like in different, um, I don't know if you want to call it denominations or sects right. or whatever, um, but I do know that a lot of times people who are a lot more legalistic, mm-hmm. not to offend anyone, obviously, but... Um, when they're in the tradition of following um, more law-bound ideology, then they will do that. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be like a G with the asterisk or whatever. Or a space or yeah, whatever. Or a yeah. dash D. So, yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, the first time I saw God spelled that way, I was like, what's happening? Right. Are they saying G D? <laughs> I like, know. No. I was very concerned <laughs> it was inappropriate. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to know that it wasn't. Right. And when I think about the vow aspect, yeah. that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, also, talking about Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Rhonda earlier, I really want to learn Hebrew now. There's just so mm. much more meaning yeah. in, like, every word. Yeah. And I feel like English is just, like, the lesser language. Mm. We just lose so much. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful that we have tools that we can use to look back and look it up. But um, when it talks about, in verse 7, that the Lord God formed the man out of dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And so, uh, breathe... Um, or breath. Or breath, yeah. excuse yeah. me. Um, in Hebrew, like, is the same word as spirit. So, yeah. like, he, he, you know, it's not only breath, but his right. spirit. Right. And to form the man. Yeah. Instead yeah. of him just being this um, lump of clay, all of a sudden he took on life because that spirit was placed in him, yeah. which is so huge. We don't yeah. think about that when we think he breathed into his nostrils. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden... It, it takes on a whole new meaning, which yeah. is awesome. And then, so I tend to read the Bible in the, the Christian Standard Bible version. So the CSB mm-hmm. uh, is normally my go-to. But the King James Version, which I normally don't like, I do like how they referenced it, though. <laughs> Man became a living soul. Yeah, that's And so good. That's I think good. that just put more into it for me than just he breathed life into him right. <laughs> or whatever. Right. So... Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then I have to make a joke, like, because I'm medical. I'm in the medical field. That's my nine-to-five job. Like, it was the first rescue respiration. Right. CPR <laughs> on the creation. But not really, because it was It's not totally not. But CPR. But I, good joke. Good yeah. Joke. I, and I just had CPR, CPR training. So, 15 it to 2, people. 15 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> So, moving on into verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. So, we're going to pause there for just a second, because there's something that we, in our tradition, in our culture, in our mindset, we have created this idea that it's the Garden of Eden. Like, Eden was a garden, and that's where... But it was a garden in Eden. Right. God created this garden (laughs) In the area of Eden, mm-hmm. and he placed man there, mm-hmm. which is so interesting because it makes you think, oh, well, if he placed this man here, then did he also create others and place them elsewhere? Mm-hmm. But this is specifically being talked about because this is the lineage of the writer of Genesis. Mm-hmm. It gives a different perspective altogether yeah. when you kind of look at it outside of just the framework of. This is the very first man, and all life create all life originated from mm-hmm. this 
Garden of Eden, mm. where there are all these billions of trees mm. that they could choose from. You know, yeah. it, it's it's different. We think of, um, I don't know. I think a lot of times we don't really have a good frame of reference for this because this was the very beginning of time. This yeah. was like you know when man had first come on the scene, um, and we can't imagine that because it was long time ago <laughs> right. and so many other events have separated us from God yeah. further and further and further yeah. and so it's it's just really hard for us to wrap our minds around and I thought it was interesting that God made Adam's home a garden and mm. not like a structure yeah. not a house or a building um, and, and too like we're made from earth mm-hmm. dust yep. um, just how truly like we're part of nature yeah. And, and that's how God intended it, it yeah. looks like, you yeah. know, from that. That's good. Um, another thing to take note of here is that, and you can't really see this when you're reading this in, in our English language, because the, the name Adam is actually Hebrew for man or human. And so mm-hmm. when you look back at other, um, like the Lexham English version, if you go look at that, there's a great... There's a great reference. So this is a toolbox thing for you guys. If you want to put an app on your phone, there's two apps that I would recommend if you want to be able to do really good Bible study. One is the Blue Letter Bible, which is kind of my go-to, and we've probably talked about that before. But there's also another one which is amazing, especially when you're looking at this Hebrew stuff. And that one is the Logos Bible. It's blue. It's got like a little, it looks like a magnifying glass over a cross. Um, but you can look at the Lexham English version of the Bible. And if you look at different uses of like man and human and even the name Adam in these, you'll see that they're used differently. So the, the proper name Adam actually was not really on the scene in chapter two very much. Um, so that delineation that this was one specific human mm-hmm. didn't really happen until towards the end um, and into chapter three whenever Eve gets her name. So, um, just as something to kind of think in the back of your, the back of your mind, Genesis one never says that God created Adam, but that's kind of what we were taught in Sunday school. Yeah. At least most of us. Yeah. When I was reading this, I kept thinking, "Where's the names Adam and Eve?" Right. Because <laughs> right. they aren't actually said. Because we think that. <laughs> yeah. Like we, that's what we were taught when we were little. So we just go, "Oh, okay." So this is Adam and Eve, but for whatever reason. Moses didn't want to call him that yet, (laughs) but truthfully, it doesn't say that. So you do have to think a little harder and say, okay, well, obviously that's who these people are talking, like who this is talking Mm -hmm. about, because we know that what's coming in the the next book, the next chapters. However, we do have to be very careful to look at these things and say, okay, I'm just going to read it without taking what I have learned in the past Mm -hmm. into this. And then test those things that we've learned and see if they still are valid and if they line up. And if they don't, it's okay Mm -hmm. if the gospel stays the gospel. Right. Okay. Exactly. I'm with you. Um, Oh, man. Where was I at? Verse 9. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So this part, I feel so foolish for not ever noticing. So because I think of the story of Adam and Eve, and I just think of the tree of knowledge that they ate from. Mm -hmm. But there were actually two trees. So it says in verse 9, The Lord God caused um, to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance for good for in appearance and good for food, including the tree of life Mm -hmm. in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, there's this tree of life? 
Yeah. Um, and so then I got to thinking about that, and I was like, well, that's the tree we still have access to today mm. through Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Is that tree of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one thing that I want to, I guess maybe like a, a quick warning, is that the tree of life has been co-opted by a lot of like new age mm. stuff. Um, and so... It, Whenever you hear the reference to the tree of life, don't automatically think that it's a biblical reference simply because, like I said, it's been co-opted and it's been used as this metaphysical type, um, higher consciousness kind of thing, like a way to receive that. So uh, obviously everything that I'm speaking about is going to be a little bit more on the warning side because (laughs) that's just, that's my nature. I always look at things to, and say, oh yeah, that's great. But is there a negative and how does this, how does this play out? So um, that would be my only uh, warning to you guys about tree of life stuff. Um, obviously, there were a lot of other trees. It says that um, every tree is what every it tree. Yeah, <laughs> every tree. So they had like kumquat trees. Do kumquats grow on trees? Uh, I'm not I don't know. Sure. It was the first thing that like first odd thing that popped in my head. We probably should Google that. Forgive us. You could totally like send us a message and say kumquats grow out of the ground on a bush or whatever. It doesn't matter. Peaches, apples. All the things. Uh, they do grow in a tree. Okay. I just Googled it. Thank you. Okay, so Rhonda's smarter than <laughs> she thought she was. Um, anyway, no worries. Love it. Yes. Great. Now I'm only going to ever imagine it full Come of kumquat trees. trees. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think, it. though, if there if there was fruit available to them that we don't have access to now. I, I mean, besides the tree of good and evil and the tree of You know that they did because it was perfect. Oh, they had amazing fruits. It's crazy. <laughs> Oh, well, it's fine. We'll know one day. Um, so, and you I had a note about yeah, about also. I did. So I was, these trees represent our free will. Mm-hmm. He had to give us, he didn't want to make us love him. Right. He wanted us to choose to love him. Yeah. And so these trees were the choice. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, then in verses 10 through 14, it talks about where Eden existed on the map, which there's so many people, there's so many of these people, oh, I'm going to search for Eden and I'm going to find it and all this. Best You're not going to. You're just not. <laughs> I mean, you might be able to walk on the geographical location that is mentioned in the Bible, but you're not going to find what God does not want you to find. The end. That's it. And I think the reason why there's all this location, I think it was just, especially with the rivers, it, it names all these rivers mm-hmm. and how they, they... And they still exist. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was just show just how, like, bountiful and, like, awesome right. this land was. Right. Um, but then, too, like, I'm like, did, and I don't know if there's an answer, but, like, did the landscape of these rivers change post-flood yeah. later mm-hmm. on, you know? Yeah, there's no telling. Yeah. There's none. Um, and then it says, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to watch over it. And Casey pointed out that, you know, maybe this is saying that, it's reiterating that God made us for a purpose, purpose. like with, with work to do and, yeah. and a job that we're supposed to be doing. And I think that um, a lot of times when we see those references to working and watching over it, is that God did create us in his image to be stewards. Mm-hmm. You know, he is our steward. He's the one who, you know, can ultimately take care of our every need. Mm-hmm. And he made us to be good stewards over what he created. created. So this entire creation was made for us 
but he put us over it to to take care of it. Yeah. So not to go all green, but a little bit. Yeah, and then to the word um, like God took the man and placed him in the garden. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, where was he made? Because mm. doesn't sound like he was made there. Right. Not that you know the answers, but I just love like this idea of like, oh, there's so much more. Yes, and so it <laughs> to go scientific and strange. Oh dear, hold hold on now, guys. <laughs> Um, there have been arguments that, um, that if you look at, you know, cellular structure, makeup, and, um, even, I guess, chemistry, all the things that we are made from a lot of the same things that stardust is made out of. And so when you look at it like that, then you're like, oh, I'm created the same thing as like these like other things in Mm. space. Then where did God pull this material from to make things? Or did he make this material? And you can totally rabbit hole in that. It doesn't matter. But what is interesting (laughs) is that the same dust that made us living beings with Mm. spirits and souls is the same kind of matter that was used to make a lot of other things. Yeah. Which is, it makes you feel a lot more um, special, I guess. Makes you feel special. I knew this. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, when I first read this, so verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And first I was like, well, that's just kind of bossy. But then I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, where, Eve's not here. Mm-hmm. Eve is not even formed or made as far yes. as we know. Yes. So, homegirl, did not get the instructions, okay? Yeah, so that's something that kind of was dropped in my head last year. Like, I came to the realization that Eve was not present when God said, don't eat from the tree of the garden. I mean, from, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and you have to wonder, like, after Eve was created, did God also tell her this? The Bible doesn't record that. Was it something that God that Adam was supposed to protect her from mm-hmm. and teach her? And he didn't. Or was it something that she knew all of the things and she said, no, I'm good. I'm going to do what this serpent guy says, which we're going to talk about in the next episode. Yeah. And then two, uh, like to me, this just looks like Adam had the good life mm. and he really only had one way to sin by eating from this one tree. Yeah. And I was like, man, how many quote unquote trees do we have in our life to sin? Mm. I was like, we got a bunch more trees now. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, this is true. This yeah. is true. So uh, verse 18 says, for the first time, it is not good. Oh, God's saying, like we talked about in the last episode, how at, at the end of all the creation things, um, God says, and it was good. Or God saw that it was good. Or, you know, all those kinds of things. Then, all of a sudden, we have in verse 18, which this is still taking place, to our knowledge, around six day. But he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding or comparable to him. And so, it's one thing that our our culture is not as bad about it as like uh, the Jewish culture was at one point in time. Um, but women are to be side-by-side helpers yeah. for men, to be... Um, I guess we're not inferior. No, yeah, no. I think that um, one translation that I heard was "help meet." So mm-hmm. you, I've heard "help mate," but truthfully, like the translation is more literally "help meet." Mm-hmm. And so 
it's like they are helping, the woman is helping the man meet all of the things that he's supposed to be doing in life. She's holding him accountable. She's helping him through that. But also he's supposed to do that for her. And that's also reflected in how Jesus refers to the church Church. and how Paul talks about what Jesus' desire is for husband and wife Mm -hmm. in some of his letters. And so, again, it's another one of those parallels that lines right up with what we learn later Mm -hmm. in Scripture, even though this is very, very early. And I think it gets lost on, like, we'll make a helper. But the Mm -hmm. the following word is corresponding, like comparable, equal, you know. Um, I think that gets lost a little bit. Um, And then 19 says, The Lord God formed out of the ground every living, every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And so it was, again, just another picture of how God created mankind in his image to be able to give names, to be able to to Mm -hmm. steward, to be able to kind of be the ruler over these things he gave them the ability just like if we if you come up with an invention mm-hmm. we came up with this podcast who named it we did right right mm-hmm. and we have that ability we have the ability to give names do animals have the ability to give things names no no because they don't speak <laughs> languages that we understand again <laughs> oh, science we're not going to go there but yeah. um you it's just it's interesting to see the reflection of how like what he gave to humans mm-hmm. that nothing else has. Yeah. And how that still corresponds to what happens today. Yeah. And I think it just shows like that Adam, like God gifted him with intelligence. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to name every creature, well, you're not Mr. Dummy Dumb over there. Right. You know? Yeah. And that God trusted him to do that. Yeah. As well. Um, and then too, when I was thinking about this, I assume, I'm just assuming here that the animals were at least pairs, mm. male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of like, I wonder if he brought these animals to him before Eve happens to kind of show him the animal period, like that Eve was going to be a gift mm. um, and to just kind of prepare him yeah. for what it would be like the to other have. half. Yeah. 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 That's a good so. point. Um, so then. Uh, in verse 20, the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So the Lord caused a deep, a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. Mm. Which is so cool. Like, yeah. to think that we are literally created from the the first creation. Like, even if Adam wasn't the first man, even if if um, there were other humans that were created, but I would think that God probably did that with every. If there were more men created, mm-hmm. He probably did that with all of the ones mm-hmm. that were created for the women to show the union, to the show oneness. right, yeah. um, and how they would eventually come back together, and that's how more creatures would come about. Yeah. It's kind of this interesting thing to see yeah. um it doesn't say that he opened up the side of a cow right. and you know or a bull and made, <laughs> made a cow hair. out yeah. of it's so it's it's just a totally different picture that we see when it comes to the creation of human yeah i found when we were studying this a jewish tradition saying that god made women not out of man's foot to be under him 
nor out of his head to be over him, but she was taken from under his arm that he might protect her and from next to his heart that he might love her. Oh, no, like, that is beautiful. I know, that's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet. Oh, my goodness. Um, verse 23, And the man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she is taken from man. And can I just say, I have, there's this book called, uh, I think it's Bone of My Bone by F.J. Hugel that I have, I think that's how you say his name. Anyway, and it's about the merging of us through the Holy Spirit to Christ. And it's such an awesome picture to see that language used mm-hmm. and to, it's, we are the bridegroom mm-hmm. of Jesus. And so we are like his bride. We are the Eve to his mm-hmm. Adam. Um, and it's when you think about it like that, it's it kind of is mind blowing. <laughs> it kind of puts you in this place of like, wow, you know, that's how he thinks of us, and that's what we become when we are part of, you know, when we're yeah. part of his family. And I love this this little chunk um, here from Adam because I'm like, I want to, I'm going to give the guy credit. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Like he sees that this woman is different than him, but similar. And the oneness, you know, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, again, with the foreshadowing, Ephesians uh, 5, 28, 29 talks about husbands should love wives of their, as their own bodies. And, like, Adam got that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and then there's this kind of what seems like really strange, random inserting here in verse 20, yeah. uh, 24, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife and they become one flesh. But again, it kind of goes back to that idea of the union of man and woman. If a woman was created from the rib, if the first one was created mm-hmm. from a rib, then it's reuniting that pair again, mm-hmm. um, just like Adam and Eve. And so I think that's what it's talking about, um, leaving his father and mother bonding with his wife and they shall become one flesh. Obviously we know, you know, as married couples, what that, has to happen? Right. Right. It's a, it's a different thing. You're not like taking a woman's not saying, here, let me give you a rib back. Like, that's, not, <laughs> that's not what happens. Um, if you're a child listening to this and you don't know what reproduction is, then go ask your parents. But, um, obviously in the reproduction of of humans, then they do in in essence become one, mm-hmm. and um, so it's a it's definitely an interesting thing to see the union created from creation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they came together, they came from one thing mm-hmm. at the at the outset, um, and it's interesting too that it references father and mother. Yeah, that's where I was because yeah. it's like you don't see an example. Of father and mother, other than than God, right? Like because father. they didn't have parents yeah. if they were created, right? So then I'm like, is this setting the foundation for yes. what family's supposed to be? Yeah, as they have children and so on and so forth, right? And a lot of a lot of pastors and teachers will reference this as the first biblical institution of family, mm-hmm. the family unit um, being what God established first mm-hmm. for humanity. You know, it was a, a Adam and Eve, or, you know, it was man and wife, um, and obviously they would have children from this. Mm-hmm. So it is it is interesting to see that this is something that God created at the very beginning, that it yeah. wasn't something that came later, um, and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And also, like, this is something I, I, I think we just can't even wrap our heads around. So for me, this is my mind-blown moment of this, is that they felt no shame when they saw that they were naked. I was like, I don't I don't know how to exist without some level of shame. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and that's yeah. just showing, like, the beauty and the perfectness of what God had created, you know? Yeah, and also that they they didn't have any shame because there was no sin. sin. I mean, yeah. without sin, then there is no shame, um, which is, again, it's so far removed from where we're at right now. Like, I... Yeah. I can't imagine living in a world where you don't wear clothes. I'm not a nudist by a long shot. Modesty is like my middle name. And so I am completely uncomfortable thinking yeah. about like being in the garden where bees are with no clothes. And all the animals. <laughs> and all the animals. And they're perfectly okay with that. And there's harmony and there was peace and there was beauty yeah. and all of these things. And I'm kind of going... That seems such like an ideal environment, but of course I'm thinking I would have, I would be like cowered over on myself, just seeing how many things I can hide <laughs> if that was where I was living right now. Anyway, oh my, gosh. it's so hard. It's so hard. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right, we're gonna wrap on that. Yeah. On the shame part. Yes. Um, but join us next week as we talk about the fall. Dun, mm. dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, so, as always, guys, follow us on the socials. Yep. Instagram, Facebook, Flamethrowers Podcast. Uh, email, flamethrowerspodcast at gmail.com. Um, our website, flamethrowerspodcast.com. Man, we're so repetitive. It's so easy to find That's us, great. guys. Come find us. Uh, and two, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating or a review. Uh, just, it helps people find us. Yeah. So, Yep. Help us help people. And we love reading yeah. your reviews because sometimes they're just precious and they're oh, exactly I what we know. need. Thank you so very much yeah. to the ones who already have. Yes. We love you guys. Yeah, it's great. Um, but until next time, set the world aflame.